Today, I'm going to talk about the three wills that can govern our lives. The will of God, our own will, and the will of evil. I'll be right up front with you. This will be an attempt to explain in several aspects, which is unexplainable. This is not an easy topic, and it is full of issues that have been debated for centuries by religious scholars in many different religions. After the sermon, we may have more questions than answers, and that is okay, because my goal today is to discuss some of the basic issues, and then, hopefully, we will understand them a little better and think about them, and most importantly, consider where they will fit into our own lives if they fit at all. Before we talk about an approach to understanding the three wills, there are two issues that will shape that understanding. The first is the issue of evil. Evil is very much alive and well in our world. How evil started, where it came from, and what is its history are questions that, if they have any answers, are far beyond the scope of what my sermon will be about today. What I want to stress is the will of evil is a real and powerful force that affects all our lives. It can cause misery and suffering on an individual basis, on a national basis, and on a worldwide scale. It is the complete and total opposite of goodness. The second issue is our ability to choose between good and evil. That is the exercise of our own will. Of all the creatures created to live on this earth, humans are the only ones that God gave the ability to choose between the goodness of God and evil. All God's creatures, including us, have basic instincts, such as the need to eat, to drink, to sleep, and to procreate. However, from a biblical perspective, Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, only humans have the knowledge of good and evil. We can exercise our own will in whether we can or could not submit to the will of evil or the will of God in any situation. Our ability to follow our own will and choose between God's goodness and evil makes our lives sometimes painful and complicated. All one needs to do is to look at our first scriptural passage for today, wherein Jesus is wrestling in the face of the will of evil. As to whether or not he should follow his own will and escape from that evil, or should he follow God's will and not try to escape, but instead face directly and head on the evil that is about to befall him. Three times he prays to God to let him follow his own will. But immediately after he says those words, he says that God's will should be done and not his own. Other creatures don't have those issues. Their lives are not complicated and much simpler because they do not have the moral problems or the moral decisions we humans have to face. This is what it means to be human and children of God. 
we are free to exercise our own will and make choices instead of doing only what our instincts tell us to do. It means that some of our choices are bad and others are good. And it is our job to use the discernment that God gave to everyone to know the difference. That's what sets us apart from all other living creatures, for they do not have the will to choose between good and evil. If God prohibited us from choosing evil, then we would be forced not to do it. However, we would also not have the freedom to choose what is good. An example to illustrate this concept can be found in Rabbi Harold Kushner's book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, wherein he states, Now imagine God saying to a person, How do you plan to get the money to pay for your bills? Are you going to get a job? which means you're going to get up early and do hard work? Or are you going to steal someone's money and run off with it? The person responds to God by saying, "Um, I was really thinking about stealing the money. God says, no, that's wrong. I won't let you do it. Choose again. This time, the person reluctantly says, okay, I'll get a job. A robbery has been prevented, but has the person been permitted to live as a morally free human being? Has God permitted the person to choose between good or evil? God has permitted the person to be fully human? Or has God reduced the person to the level of an animal by taking away the freedom to follow their own will? In order for us to be free, In order for us to be human, God has to leave us free to choose to do God's will or the will of the evil. If we are not free to choose evil, then we are not free to choose good either. Instead, God tells us certain things are wrong, warns us that we will be sorry for having done them, and hope if we don't take God's word for it, we will at least learn from the experience. It is in the context of our freedom to exercise our own will and choose between the will of God or the will of evil that we'll now take a look at the will of God and how it can have a role in our lives. One of the best-known theologians who has dealt with this issue is Leslie Weatherhead, who wrote the classic book, The Will of God. He was a pastor at a large church in England England, during the horrific saturation bombings in World War II. He presents the concept of the will of God in three parts. He uses the example of the life of Jesus to illustrate each part. The first part he entitled, The Intentional Will of God. I need to make it very clear before we go any further that the will of God for all of us is the direct opposite of anything that is evil. The intentional will of God is revealed in the way God pours out goodness, forgiveness, and love. With this understanding, it becomes clear that the words, it was God's will, are used far too frequently and without any real thought about their meaning. 
We can never say it was God's will when someone meets an untimely death fighting for peace, justice, and freedom somewhere in the world. However, when the need to engage in such a fight is over and people of all nations have come together in a just and free world, that is the time to say it is God's will. We can never say that when a baby dies in an automobile accident, that it was God's will. But when a young family becomes active in a church so that their child will grow up with a knowledge of the love of God, it is time to say that is God's will. We can never say that when a senseless shooting occurs and causes death and injury to innocent victims at a school or at a house of worship, it was the will of God. But when gun violence comes to an end and no further innocent lives will be lost, then we can say it was God's will. Once we understand the true will of God, then what it may be for us, then we can stop using the saying that God's will was done in situations in which just the opposite occurred. The second part of understanding the will of God is called the circumstantial will of God. God does have a hope for purpose for all of our lives. However, we are all members of the human family so that when we or someone else chooses to follow their own will or the will of evil over goodness, then through the circumstances that are created, even when we did not participate in them, evil can directly affect our lives and many others. But because of our ability to choose good over evil, and the choice is for evil, God's will for us can be temporarily interrupted. However, God's will will never be defeated by evil. Once again, the example for this concept is from the life of Jesus. God's purpose for the life of Jesus was to have people follow him, learn and understand God through him, and then live a life with God just like the life of Jesus, full of forgiveness, goodness, and love. However, the same members of the human family choose evil in relation to God. Some members of the human family do so regularly. They choose to treat Jesus in a most horrible and unjust way. Therefore, the life of Jesus was ended in a terrible way. However, God's purpose for the life of Jesus was not defeated by his death. In fact, God's purpose was facilitated through his death. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a demonstration of God overcoming evil once again. God's purpose was inevitably fulfilled despite the overwhelming strength of evil. Jesus' distraught disciples became the foundation of the Christian church. Now, today, Jesus is the Christ over millions of people, following him as God intended. Millions of people continue to learn about God and God's gift of eternal love and forgiveness given to all of us. The third part to be used to understand 
the will of God is called the ultimate will of God. The ultimate will of God is to be an eternal and constant presence in each and every one of our lives through Jesus Christ. That presence can give us courage instead of fear, faith instead of doubt, strength and power instead of weakness, to live through the difficulties and misery and disasters that being a human can bring. God's will is to be a light in the darkness that can come upon us and illuminate the path of peace. God's will is to show us that love can be stronger than hate. That can only occur through God's will for us. As it is stated in our second scriptural passage for today, from the Lord's Prayer, we so frequently pray in this church, in which we ask God to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I believe one of the most beautiful descriptions of the ultimate will of God is once again by Rabbi Kushner and is contained in a series of questions. Are we capable of forgiving and accepting in love a world that has disappointed us by not being perfect? A world in which there is so much unfairness, cruelty, disease, persecution, crime, and natural disasters? Can you forgive its imperfections and love it because it is capable of containing great beauty and goodness and because it's the only world we have? Are we capable of forgiving others and loving the people around us even if they have hurt us and let us down by not being perfect? Can we forgive them and love them because there are not many, if any, perfect people? We certainly aren't. And because the penalty for not being able to love imperfect people is condemning oneself to loneliness. Are we capable of forgiving ourselves for choosing our will over the will of God, for choosing evil over good, for being immersed in self-pity, fear, and doubt that we made a big mistake that has devastated us or someone we love? Can we understand that making mistakes are a part of being human? Can we realize and understand that through the grace of God we will be forgiven and we will receive the divine love, goodness, and compassion only God can give. So what is it to be? Shall we choose the will of God, our own will, or the will of evil? If we have not chosen which will we will follow, then we need to decide right now, right here, wherever you may be. Because not to choose means that we will spend the rest of our lives stumbling and fumbling around, doing everything just for ourselves. Sometimes, unintentionally, we will do the will of God and bring goodness into our lives and the lives of others. Sometimes, unintentionally, we will do the will of evil, which will bring harm, hate, and discrimination to others. So I ask again, what is the will that will govern your life? The will of God 
your own will or the will of evil. Let us choose today. Amen.